You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. It just was crazy to think that they were getting away with this and, and, you know, putting this contract and having 40 women every year for 50 years sign this contract. And that's when I made the decision, I'm going to do something about this. Guess what? The law is bigger than you. I'm right, you're wrong, admit it. The Raiders, they have no comment. The team has not yet commented on this lawsuit. The Raiders have not stepped up and discussed their treatment of women in this case. As of right now, I'm the only one standing up for my team and hopefully all the NFL cheerleaders. I needed to get it off my chest. I needed to, like, go talk to somebody. You know, I met with Sean. He was just could not believe some of the stuff I was telling him. It's a product of callous indifference, both to a worker and to a woman. And I think it's part of an industry that perceives itself as being kind of untouchable because of its popularity. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this special episode, I'm talking with Wee Goo, the director of A Woman's Work, the NFL's cheerleader problem, and also talking to two of those NFL cheerleaders, Lacey Thibodeau-Fields, the Oakland Raiderette, and Maria Pinzone of the Buffalo Jills. This is a fascinating documentary, definitely worth your while. It is showing this week at the Tribeca Film Festival and will be at other festivals around I have a link to their webpage over at the Projection Booth, which is projectionboothpodcast.com. Please enjoy the interview. Ladies, do you want to do some voice recognition? So, Lacey, do you want to say hi? Sure. Hi, Mike. This is Lacey Fields. I am the one who started the Raiderette lawsuit. Okay. And then we've got Maria. Mike, um, it's Maria Pinzoni, and I'm the one who started the Bill lawsuit. Uh, we is going to introduce yourself now for audio so that you know who, and we're just struggling with the chair. Sorry, it's one of those mornings. Uh, my name is Wee Goo. I am director of this documentary. So we, we actually spoke when you were doing publicity for Who's Arthur Chu. Great. Well, we're going to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great talking with you. I'm very curious how you came to the subject of this documentary and when did you actually start working on it? It's funny that you bring up Who is Arthur Chu because I started this film before Who is Arthur Chu. So this film we started in 2014. It was May was the first time I started filming with Lacey. And Who is Arthur Chu actually started in September and I finished that film before finishing this film. So the first time, you know, I reached out to Lacey's attorneys in Oakland, um, LVBH. I just emailed them and I said, you know, I'm an independent filmmaker. I'm really interested in Lacey and what made her want to do this. What went into her decision to stand up and speak out about something like this that no other woman has talked about in the past 50 years? And knowing that she would be sort of blacklisted from that community, I was really curious to know, because for me, I've grown up as an outsider my entire life, and we, I talked to Lacey about this too, you know, as an immigrant, I, you know, growing up in China, as an immigrant in Canada and in the U.S., I've never felt this kind of sense of community that, I, you know, they feel and, and they felt as cheerleaders and as dancers um, growing in communities that also love the teams that they support in terms of football. 
So that must have been something really precious. And I wanted to know, like, what is that journey going to be like, too, from then on? They filed the lawsuit. Like, how, you know, how can they rebuild their lives and how can they move forward at the same time fighting this lawsuit and also move forward with their own lives, their personal lives, with their families, you know, with their friends and their communities. So that was where it all started. So you talked about how you got in contact with Lacey. And Lacey, what happens when we contact you and says, I want to do this film about you? Well, at the time we reached out to me, I was with my lawyers a lot. We're kind of in this moment in time where lots of interviews were coming up. It was a hot subject. It was around Super Bowl season. And, you know, it was just interview after interview, just kind of wanting to know a little bit more about it. Because this was a subject that no one before had ever actually known about, like what happens behind the scenes in the NFL. And everyone just always assumes that cheerleaders are paid properly or, you know, taken care of in some way. So this kind of was like the perfect story and got a lot more publicity than I ever imagined that it would. So when he reached out to me, I was interested in doing it because I think her perspective was going to be the, the real one. It wasn't going to be just like a 10-minute session, you know, me trying to say things that were politically correct or hoping to make the point across. She was going to get the truth, the real uh, woman behind the whole thing. And I felt like only good things could come of that, you know? And Maria, when do you come into this story? How did we get in touch with you? A little bit after that, probably that following January, um, and our attorneys had um, called me and said, you know, there were these filmmakers that wanted to talk to us about, you know, this documentary they were looking to do it to, into doing, and um, I was skeptical at first. I mean, I'm not going to lie, um, but once I met we and, um, you know, kind of got her, her ideas and what she was looking to do, I was, you know, on board to go forward. How aware of each other were you two, Lacey and Maria? I found out about Maria uh, a few months after my lawsuit went public because she was the second girl to come out from a different team. So I was standing alone for a while. Um, another plaintiff came on board with me for the Raider at lawsuit. But then, you know, it, it took a little while for other girls and other teams to step up because every team is different. So, you know, it's not like I could stand for the entire NFL cheerleaders. All I could do is say, this is what's happening to me. This is the Raiderettes. And it kind of, you know, uh, she was the second one to come out. And then uh, many more came after that. So I found out about Marie when she came out. And then I've learned a little bit about her from we through this whole process. But um, yeah, watching the film was the first time I got to kind of like see her face and her life experience. So now I feel like I know her really well. (laughs) Well, as a follow-up to that, when did you two actually meet in person? Like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's been four years. <laughs> you both seem so isolated. And I know like with, with you, Maria, we get to see some of the people that were on the lawsuit with you. But it, we also get to see the other side of the coin as far as all of the people who are just like, what are these women doing? Or even the former Raiderettes and Jills who are just like, no, they're just complaining. We, It's an honor to be a part of this whole system. I have to ask you, we, how did you go about interviewing those folks? And also, how did you manage to get that footage of the actual, like, um, you know, come on out and join the, the Buffalo Jills tape? Maria, because that was when she tried out back in when you were graduated from high school, you had the audition tape. It was a VHS tape. Yeah, yeah so yeah. she found it. So we were going through her stuff in her basement trying to look for her home videos, and we found it in a stash with other um, VHS tapes. 
But so that's where that was from. And, you know, I definitely, I, I wanted to make this film, you know, it's called A Woman's Work. And I wanted to understand women, you know, how different women viewed this subject. So it was very important for me to talk to women who were former cheerleaders who were, you know, not necessarily supportive of this lawsuit. And in terms of the rate arrest, it was a random, you know, connection for a friend of mine who said, she said, oh, I met someone, you know, who worked for the Raiders and he knows these cheerleaders. I'm like, oh, really? I would love to meet them. And so, you know, I met them and then they put me in touch with the former Raiderette alumni. And then um, the organizer, she told me, we're going to be in Vegas uh, for this reunion and a fundraiser to support one of our teammates. Would you want to come and film with us? I was like, of course. So I drove out to Vegas from Los Angeles, which was a really nerve wracking experience because I did not know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, how these women would view me. But I think they were just they were excited to talk to me about their perspective and just, you know, their history. And they're clearly very proud of their relationship and their history of, you know, decades of being in this what they call the sisterhood together. And I think they're coming at it, you know, from a personal perspective of I was hurt because this thing that I had so long put my pride in and was proud of was is now being criticized by millions across America and seen in this negative light. So I understood where they were coming from. But I think even I hope they see the film now because I feel like they could see it also in a different perspective, because I think it is. You know, yes, it is about the personal experience, but it's also about your experience as a cheerleader, as a woman in this bigger yeah. society, in the in the NFL, you know, in America itself. So I think from that perspective, I do hope that they can see the reason why Lacey and Maria and others decided to come out with it, with the lawsuit. And then it was more difficult to film with the other Jills in Buffalo because Buffalo is such a small, tight-knit community and everybody is a Bills fan. Like, even because I went to Buffalo so many times, I feel like I do. I'm a Bills fan <laughs> because it's just, like, contagious there, you know, everybody. And so you're always nervous to talk to people because you don't know what level of fandom, you know, they have towards the Bills. And so it was very hard to reach out and eventually reached out to a couple of um, Joe's alumni and talk to them. But, you know, I think Maria did a lot of the work in terms of reaching out to her former teammates so that they could come together and, and talk about the lawsuit together. So that was a good, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> and I think in a way too, it made me kind of feel better and not, you know, so alone during this whole um, process. I mean, I, I did have Lacey, but as far as being, you know, in Buffalo and, and having that support, even though it was, you know, a little bit behind the scenes, um, you know, I, I had that. So it was nice. Well, Lacey must have felt even more isolated, just that you eventually, at one point, you move out of the country for a while. And I, I imagine, so two things. I imagine, one, it must have been nice to get away from some of the noise of the things that were happening in the States. But at the other point, you lose your support system. I mean, you had your family, at least. Yeah, of course. So what's so interesting about, you know, the former Raiderette when they're talking and, you know, they are so proud that they're Raiderette, that's what I don't think is quite clear in the film but like I myself was so proud to be a Raiderette it was the best year of my life and the friendships that I've made are so special to me and so important that I was willing to give it up to fight for them like that's how special it was for me and yeah I mean it wasn't an easy decision but I did it 
knowing that there was a possibility that people would turn their back on me. And I don't feel like they turned their back on me. I felt like I understood why they could not stand with me because they wanted to try out the next year. This was like the best part of their lives. And I didn't want to take that away from them. So I had no hard feelings, honestly, about standing alone for a while because I was willing to give it up for them. I'm a mom. I, you know, I have three kids now. I'm like, I made that decision full heartedly knowing what was going to happen. And I don't regret it at all. It's special, but I mean, I hope at the end of the day, they can see that I did it to make their lives better. In a way. Yeah, this wasn't something we did for personal, you know, gain. We did this for, you know, future Jill, future Raider Act. That part of it was huge. Did you notice a shift in attitudes? I mean, because this process of making the documentary was five years, the process of the lawsuits took forever. Were there changes in attitudes from the general public or even from your fellow teammates as you were going throughout this process? Yeah, I think for me, this is Maria, um, you know, the Jills, the former Jills that I cheered with, they they came around a little bit more, which was more comforting. Um, so as time passed, I mean, like you said, it was, you know, four years. Um, they really, you know, reached out to me. And like I said, it, it was behind the scenes, you know, so be it. Um, but it, it was comforting to know that they were supportive. And this is Lacey. For me, during the process of all the publicity that was going on, a lot of things that comfort me were like the fans that called in the radio stations that I was interviewing. And they said, we love the Raiderettes. You guys work so hard. We definitely think that you guys should be paid. And they were fully supportive and very vocal about that. And I think even years later, the Raiders have changed their contract. Their girls get paid. And although they may not know what it was like before, the new Raiderettes are very happy with the changes. And they're having an awesome season. I've heard nothing but great things from the Raiderettes, the current ones. And so I I feel like I have a big part in that. This is weed. Um, definitely, it was interesting to start this documentary in 2014 versus when we sort of wrapped up filming in 2017, 2018. Because of the shifts, you know, in, in the world out there in terms of the Me Too movement and things like that and the conversations around women and women's rights, and even women in sports, I feel like has kind of has opened up so much more. And I think that has been really positive because I think people are just finally understanding that there shouldn't be these divisions uh, between women. And the idea that, you know, cheerleading is a job, they're athletes, they're beautiful, all of those things can coexist and all of those things should coexist and their labor should be valued as work and be respected for that. I think all of those things now people are starting to understand more readily. Cause, because I think before when I first started this film, when I mentioned the world word cheerleader, people were like, what, why are you making a film about cheerleaders? They're like, Oh, why don't you make a film about Lacey's lawyers? They're much more interesting and they're so smart. You know, they have law degrees and they know blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, of course the lawyers are great. You know, they're so amazing. I would love to spend more time with them, but this is not what that is. I refuse to think that just because you have more education or you have the privilege of more education, that you are more valued as a woman, as a feminist, because to me, that's not what it's about. So I think now people are more readily able to see the gray in between and not, not, not just make everything black and white. Because I think that when you have the mentality of putting things into these boxes, it's very hard to continue a conversation. It's very hard to have a discussion that is actually productive. 
what's next for you? Not necessarily, you know, the next press conference, the next this, but what's next for you and for the film? Where do you go from here from the Tribeca Film Festival? From here, we will be able to show this film to a lot of people. I really hope also, you know, with my team, my producer, um, Elizabeth, we have an impact producer, Jin. We want to show this film to young women, to girls who are, you know, about to enter their workforce or who are cheerleaders in high school or who are in dance. You know what I mean? I want to show this to them and hopefully plant some seed of just questioning, you know, questioning um, their realities and thinking about how they can empower themselves. I think that that's something that we would love to do. Um, and beyond that, too, we would love to show this film to people in corporations, to football fans, people who, you know, work in sports, love sports, because, again, the, our goal is to generate conversation and to generate a shift in thinking. So hopefully, whether, you know, no matter how small that shift is, like, that's one of our goals. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time today. Lacey and Maria, thank you so much for sharing your stories, and we thank you so much for making this film. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.